stretching as we come up. Hi, thank you so much for having us today. This is the first time we've heard about the extended room, but it's the first time we're here and it's so awesome. This That's is great. amazing. With all the churches that are closing, you guys are expanding. Yeah. Woo! And by the way, a thumbs up to the coffee. <laughs> and the teardown. And the yeah, teardown. Tear down. Yeah. We, but we're going to build up first, and then we're going to tear down. <laughs> it's, it's like a time of deconstructing your faith. You're just deconstructing your church. That's right. That's all <laughs> <laughs> we are excited to be here this morning. We, are, we just loved it when Tommy called us. We're like, oh, really? You care? Okay. We have been married. So Karen and I have been married 14,467 days today. <laughs> I, some of you know... So I, I have to introduce you to my trophy husband. Thank you. <laughs> Karen renews my contract every 100 days, so that's how I know how many days <laughs> that we've been married. Keeps him on his toes. We are excited today. That worship, oh my gosh, it couldn't have been a more beautiful way to start our day today. Ah, oh, even the power outage, you kept going. There's that right. Oh my gosh. We are talking about something that you have already worked through with Tommy. You've talked about he brought in an incredibly powerful series of spiritual battle. So we're just here to remind you that we are going to be lion chasers. That's what we are. If you are mediocre in your faith right now, do not leave the door until you're not anymore, okay? We are going to... We are going to tell you only what we've learned. We're going to get closer because you guys, hi. We, we are getting more and more excited every year about, about Jesus, about his power, about the authority he's given us, about the joy of life he's given us. And so we want to fight that battle and get that little lion to sit and be quiet while we live, okay? So... So Here we go. There, scripture says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world, here and in Israel and arrest the world, mm -hmm. are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. There is suffering. We're in a spiritual battle. And so what we want to do is learn how and get invigorated again how we can fight this battle. As we pray for Israel, we pray for that place to be full of lion chasers. The enemy has already lost the war. Right. He's just trying to get us with some last minute battles and we don't want him to win. So what we're going to do today is we're, I'm gonna start and then we're gonna all end together with what's called the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Mark Batterson, a pastor at National Community Church in Washington, D.C., wrote an amazing book called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Just about three verses of a guy named Benaiah who was absolutely unstoppable. And then he followed it with a book called Chase the Lion, and he put in there a manifesto. And so we're gonna, I'm going to read this to you right now. And so just think about how you can be this. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. 
run to the roar. Set God-sized goals, pursue God-given passions, go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. That's what we're doing every day. Stop pointing out problems, become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears, fight for your dreams, grab opportunity by the main and don't let it go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges, blaze new trails, live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. We're going to chase the devil right away today. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Uh, we memorized this verse in a class that we talk about called How to Talk About Jesus Without Freaking Out or the J-Bomb. It's a class we teach for six weeks. And we call this the Scud verse. Remember they used to have Scud missiles? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. The greatest thing is to be a follower of Jesus because this is, this is how you get the abundant life. The enemy knows our weaknesses. He knows our vulnerable places. He doesn't know everything, but he knows how to get us when we're at a place where we're not strong in our faith. That doesn't mean we have it all together. That doesn't mean we're living a perfect life. We're all humans, which is so annoying sometimes. That's not just me, right? (laughs) But we have to know that we don't want to walk out the door. We don't want to get up out of bed and let the enemy take advantage of us. We have an authority in Jesus which makes us strong. It's not us. It's him, uh, it's him in us. It's the blood of Jesus that we, pray, that we sang through this morning. So we have to know, how do I get ready offensively, not defensively, and be strong against the enemy, that roaring lion? Uh, and some of the things the devil does is, uh, first and foremost, if he can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. Because we're convinced absolutely that uh, we're, we're human uh, doings, not human beings, okay? And also that scripture that says, I- I'm certain the church says, be busy and know that I am God, okay? Is that what it says? Be- no, it says, be still and know that I am God. When we're still, God has a chance to work. We've got to be still. Our, our battle is fought on our knees, So we have five ways of breaking the spiritual battle that comes up against us. And by the way, if we're not feeling spiritual battle, you better amp up what you're doing for God. Because he doesn't worry about us if we're just couch potatoes. He's like, hey, there's one I don't have to worry about. Let me go after that guy. He's trouble. So let's all be trouble. (laughs) The first way is through physical things. Breaking, things breaking, things being stolen, things that are just off in life, but when it gets a little out of control, you're thinking, you know what? This is spiritual battle. We had, 
We have so many times. This week, we're trying to get a QR code that you'll see later, and it would not work, and it was out of control. I'm sure the devil is not in the details. The devil is in the computer. Yes. The computer. And it is in the internet. I know it. Yes, and, but the, the, uh, the Lord works through people like Shonda. So wherever you are, thank you, Shonda. So physical things. We, when we started a prayer group years ago, we started, every, it came every month to our house. And that time before each month, we would get our car crashed. Someone would break in our house. Something was stolen. We would lose things. Oh, it was over the top crazy. And it took us so long to figure out, oh, this comes before each month of our prayer time. I think this is spiritual battle. So we invited a friend over to literally walk through our house and pray through every room, pray through our house. And you know what? It didn't happen anymore. Uh, other times things happen to us. Um, uh, last year at this time, we were uh, speaking at Asbury University. We were uh, ministering to, to college students uh, and we'd wrapped up our time. It was a wonderful time. And then we, uh, we got in our car and then we headed back towards uh, uh, the place that we were staying before we were uh, wrapping up. Uh, and we're driving in our car. Uh, two, two friends are, are driving. There's five of us in the car. A car comes around us at about 90 miles an hour on this small, small back Kentucky road, comes in front of us, swerves, hits the other car in front of coming in towards them, and then clips our car. And our car looks like this. And the man he hit, the man she hit, was killed. We were in a fatal car accident in the middle of an empty road in Kentucky right after we are pouring into students, ministering to students, all five of us. And the first thing we did, you see that's, Jim That's there? me laying on the ground there in the back with my hands raised, th thanking, God, thanking Jesus and seatbelts. That's what we need, Jesus and seatbelts. That's how we survive that kind of, this kind of event. Now, that could have been just life, but it was so out of the blue. It was so powerful, and it should have wiped us out that we know, you know what, enemy? Look at how God protected us. I'm not scared of you. I'm going to just keep going and know that I am here because God wants me here and for no other reason. We're, I'm not dead yet. That's my, so my hat says I'm already dead, okay? That's what my hat says, I'm already dead. But clearly, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Uh, uh, one great place to find out these kinds, of, these kinds of things that we work through are the screw tape letters. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a great book, The Screw Tape Letters. You should read that book once a year. That is, a, that is just a detailed example of how we go through spiritual conflict. So number two, how he lies to us in our head and our hearts. We have this ongoing monologue. Oh, I look awful today. They don't like me. I'm going to lose my job. I said the most embarrassing thing. Why didn't I handle that? I should have reached out to that person. It's, it's absurd, the voice we have in our head. Sometimes that's the devil. You have got to say, uh-uh, I am a child of God. I have authority in the blood of Jesus, and you are not telling me I'm not good enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not smart enough. I'm too old. No, you're I'm not. not. <laughs> because we are our energy, not our age. There you go. I am acting, and I am, I am acting my shoe size, not my age, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians, okay, Second Corinthians 10.5 says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
2 Corinthians 5, 10, 5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, one of the things that I struggle with is unmet expectations. God, uh, look, uh, I've done all these things for you, and I'm, I'm supposed to be over here, my Christmas here. No, it's right down here, okay? I've got unmet expectations, and I struggle with, I struggle with those, but I take those captives' thought, I lay them at the foot of the cross, and that's, and that's where they belong. I, He's I, not the prodigal son. I'm not the prodigal son. I'm the prodigal son's older brother. <laughs> what have you done for me lately, God? You know, I did, I've done all these things for you, and, and, and you know, but there's all this stuff. And so uh, that's, that's my struggle is the prodigal son's older brother. So don't listen to those lies. They're not true. And if you need reminders, you go to someone to say, look what I'm thinking. It's not true, right? They're like, yes, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. Because I realized also just a couple of months ago, I realized I'm, you know, you say I'm a poser. Every, we're all posers in the industry. We all are. I'm a composer. Okay, I'm a composer. Composer. That's what I do. Is that a dad joke? Yeah, yes, it is. It's a dad joke. <laughs> that is okay. such a dad. When you have to kind of explain it, it doesn't really go. But thank you, thank you for the acknowledgement. You made his morning That's right, right there. Sorry. That's right. Thank you. Come over and have dinner at my house. <laughs> All right, number three, this is a big one. He gets us through interpersonal relationships. He gets you mad at your spouse. Do you know the, the divorce rate amongst Christians is not much different than non-believers? Because the enemy loves to knock out. We're just too stubborn. The enemy can't get us. That's all it is. He gets churches. Oh my goodness, the division in churches is insane. He gets Christian businesses. He gets friendships. We get annoyed at people. We just go crazy getting mad. And the fact is, it's the enemy. It's all the enemy. Do you know that whatever we have is by God's grace? And if we don't realize that, then the enemy comes in that moment of weakness and makes us think that awful person it's not true. We're all a mess. Just get over that. that We're all a piece of work. We're all a piece of work. We're all a piece of work. We are all a piece of work. Oh, my gosh. So we have to know. It could be church hurt. It could be something where you, somebody said something to you, and you thought you were in a safe place spiritually, and then some human being says something stupid, and you get nailed by it, and you have to have an unoffendable heart. If someone says something to you, stop yourself. Don't say, how dare you say that to me. Say, what are you going through that you would say that? Yes. Why are you hurting so much that you'll turn on another human being? It's not about us. I hope it's not about us. It's about whatever that person is going through. People say horrible things, and you got to go, wow, i got to find out what that person's going through. Have an unoffendable heart, and you will stop spiritual battle in that area. I, I remember the very first time I ever heard the, the term spiritual battle. It was uh, with a, a man who was a, a, a significant missionary around the world, and he said, he said, you know, spiritual battle is, for him was always one believer getting mad at another believer. And he was on the mission field, and he said, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the mission field, and one set of missionaries won't talk to the other set of missionaries. That's where spiritual battle happens. It's not necessarily your washing, your washing machine breaking down. That's the second law of thermodynamics. Things break. Things rust. But I do know that also for Karen and Jim, 
the most significant time the devil comes to try to get between us is to get us out of sync. And it's because I'm wrong. Let me know just a little No. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, only it, it, most of the mo- time. Only most of the time. Not all the yeah. time. So that's where spiritual battle happens, is trying to get us out of off sync, out of balance, and mad at each other. And that would almost always happen before we were doing leading a prayer group or having somebody come to our house or something like that. I'm just, I'm, there's just certain times I'm aware of it, and I know... We have to be in sync. We have to pray together. We've prayed together every single day of our marriage. You have to do that. Encourage your married friends to do that. You've got that as a non-negotiable. It's only because if you pray for somebody, you can't hate them. Okay, so see. So that's like our insurance policy. (laughs) We're praying together every day. That's right, whether you like it or not. And it's not, oh gosh, it's not all, it's, it would, when we have a, and we've only had about five days in our entire 14,460 days that we've been out, out of sync. Well, only I about wanted five to days. kill him, but it's five okay. days. But still, at night, we will pray together and we'll just pray right through pray it. Pray right through it, whether we feel like yeah, it or I not. Never, you don't feel like that, no. <laughs> and you may have to do that in a small group or things. There's, that's just, it's, an, it's a critical part of, of how to fight spiritual battles. It really is. It, it happened with, for years, we have, we have about 15 active ministries in the Hollywood um, entertainment industry, led by Hollywood professionals. These aren't just, you know, pastors coming in to tell us how to live. We're just all professionals who have run ministries. And we used to have a quarterly luncheon. And they would get together. We would compare calendars. We'd make sure we knew about each other's events. We would pray for each other. We'd support each other. And suddenly, some of them started getting annoyed at the other ones and talking behind their backs and trying to, trying to stop them from, from getting together. And literally, that enemy won. I had to cancel the luncheons. It got so bad. And just got on my knees and said, Lord, we've got to try something else because the enemy got us here. So you've got to know he's going to try. And you don't want it to happen. And then one time, it even happens when you totally don't expect it. My dad was the biggest supporter of of me and what I did. He was a singer. He loved entertainment. He was excited about me coming out here and having this crazy life in in Hollywood. And one day, we were really struggling financially. And I went to visit my dad. He was in the hospital at the time. I sat on his bed, and he looked at me and said, Maybe you need to find another career. And it was like a knife in my heart. My own dad doesn't believe in me. Do you know that was just the enemy? He was feeling so bad that I was struggling financially, that that was what was really motivating him to say, let's, I don't want you to struggle. I heard it as, you don't believe in me. And I had to work through that. We had to talk it through. That was the enemy turning on me at a moment of weakness from somebody I love more than anybody in the world. So beware. It comes when you don't expect it. Uh, for those of us that are in the entertainment business, my family has no idea what I do still. Even <laughs> after all this time, they still don't really get it. And most of your family is not going to say, you would get paid to write music? How does that work? I, 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 actually, I don't know, because I'm on Spotify. It's not paying me at all, hardly. <laughs> all right. So there are times, though, that we also have to choose to stay friends with people. Um, make every effort to be at peace with everyone, okay? We've got to choose to stay, for, to stay friends with them if, and, and just endure and endure and endure. And the scripture that says that most clearly is 2 Corinthians 5, 10 that says, 
Forgive one another in order that Satan might not outwit us because we are not unaware of his schemes. This is what he wants to do. He wants us to get us mad at each other, whether it's our spouse, our friend group, or whatever it is, this is where the enemy works. We've got to forgive 70 times, seven, 70 times, seven. We have to forgive. Now, there's, there's, there's times when we forgive, but that doesn't mean we have to go back into business with them, okay? So to forgive doesn't, uh, you're giving up the right to get even. If someone has hurt you, you forgive them, but you also are wise in what your next steps are, okay? And uh, that's not gossip. That's uh, uh, numerous times in the New Testament, Paul says, beware of Alexander the carpersmith. He's done me great harm. There are times to call out people who have done you great harm. And again, uh, there's, there's other biblical things that you need, you need to go to that person first. But first and foremost, we have to forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. So what we're going to do right now is we want this church to be totally different. Tommy, when you said we have to have hospitality, we, hospitality starts with loving one another. And when we are so excited to be in a place, a loving place, we want to bring others in. We want to see, oh, that person's standing alone. I want to bring him into this great place. So what we're going to do now is you think about somebody in this room that might have bugged you, that might make you mad, that you don't understand. Kind of annoying. I'm going to sit here because they're over there. Somebody that didn't help with tear down, they just tell you, talked That's and right. talked and talked and talked <laughs> and talked. So right now, we're going to think of that person and we're going to pray a blessing over them quietly. You go into your head with the Lord and you say, Lord, I want to love everyone in this room and this person in particular. Help me to love them. I pray a blessing on them. I want them to feel loved here in this place. I will not separate myself from another member of this family because we are family here. And I ask in Jesus' name, you break any tension or any misunderstanding or any hurt between us. So do that right now. We're going to give you a second. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Yes. All right. Uh, now, number four. Uh, this, is the, this, is the, this is the spooky one, the fun one. Demonic encounters. This is the, this is the visible side, uh, or sometimes the invisible side, of spiritual battle. Now, I grew up in a, in a lovely Southern Baptist environment, and they would, the missionaries would come, and they would talk to us, and they always talked about things that would happen that were uh, happening on the mission field, that were, that were clearly uh, supernatural events. Um, we had a friend, uh, Greg and Mindy, who decided to go, they, he was working at Disney, and he left uh, Disney to go work with the Maasai tribe. And when he was uh, in the, with the Maasai people and also the Turkana people, Greg would talk about things that he saw out in, in, with witch doctors. Witch doctors would show up. He would literally see red come out of their eyes. The wind would blow up over them. It was clearly at a demonic encounter. It was very, very clear what was going on. And then he came back. He, would come, he and his wife would come back on sabbatical, and he would go back and walk around Disney. He says, I know the same devil is here. It's the same devil is here. But it's, we just can't see it. 
It's veiled so, in, in L.A. more than it is yeah. on the mission fields. And, and, and sometimes it's veiled, and sometimes it's, it, it's not as veiled. So uh, Karen and I are sitting in our house uh, one evening, and our neighbor calls us and says, um, I think you need to come over and pray for the, the people that are next door to me here in the, in the apartment next door because there's, there's kind of weird things happening. Things, oh, closets are opening and closing. Things are falling off the, the wall. They said there's a, there's a glass of water that moved across the counter on its own and fell off. Okay, so now this is way out of our wheelhouse. Well, we do I... not do this. <laughs> How come uh, we're the okay. only Christians in our neighborhood, Okay, Lord? right. So, so, so Karen and I get our Bible. We get our Bible, the message or whatever it is. I can't remember. We're like, we, let's do this. And we start walking through the house. We walk through the house. And we pray over each room. And they're Wait, following us burning incense. They're like yeah, no. going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, Lord, we have authority. This is ridiculous. This is not going to happen. Get this devil out of this place. And so we tell them play, we play worship music. I put a scriptures on the front door. Now, they were there. They were in the entertainment industry. They were working on a Netflix series. Okay, so, and there was, there was, there were some doors that had been opened there. These things don't happen to you unless you open you. a door. And, and those doors are opened in different ways. Uh, the, you, you open these things up. But we went in completely like, okay, Jesus, you got to show up because we have no idea what we're doing. And we go through the whole thing and we pray and we tell him to do this and we leave. He never came back again. And then we gave them a Bible, too. We gave we them the Bible that you've got to read You better this. read this. <laughs> you don't know when demonic encounters come into somebody's life. When you hear weird things from friends of yours who aren't Christians, you don't know whether it's mental illness, whether it's life, or whether it's a demonic encounter. So that's why you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom to know what to do, how to face it, and never be afraid. Never be afraid. The devil is more afraid of who you represent than you should be of him, okay? So we want you to know that the encounters are more powerful than, than, than we're aware of, but God is even more powerful than that. So whatever we're struggling with, we also realize these can come from generational curses. This is a real thing. I grew up in a church where we didn't talk about God. We just went because we thought if we didn't, we'd go to hell. So we showed up. But we had no understanding of generational curses. You know, it says the, the um, blessings of the, the, father the, passed down of the, the fathers are passed down to the third and fourth generation. But the blessings are a thousandfold. Now, you may have Jesus in your heart, but your grandpa is in your bones. Okay. There are things from the, that are passed down from generations. You've got Jesus in your heart, but you've got grandpa in your bones, and we've got to get rid of some of that grandpa, okay? So the, the bad grandpa. <laughs> the bad grandpa. We like the good grandpa. So there is a woman in L.A. who was struggling with her health. She had seizures. She, was, she couldn't get her act together. No, no doctor knew what to do. It was just this big mystery of physical misery. And suddenly, after years of this, her brother called her and said, you know, I was thinking about what you're going through, and I realized in our family, in the past four generations, the firstborn woman has either died early of some physical illness or has been completely debilitated. 
and you're the fourth firstborn in the generation. What is going on? He said, so I looked back, and I found out our great-grandfather had an affair with a married woman, and her mother found out about it and put a curse on our great-grandfather and said, I curse the firstborn woman of all your generations. She was like, oh, my goodness. They brought someone in. They prayed. They broke through the general curse. And you know, she is a pastor's wife at Vintage Santa Monica right now, totally healthy. This stuff is crazy, but it's real. It's real. We don't want to focus on it obsessively, but we want to be aware so that we know about Satan's schemes. So there's demonic, uh, there's demonic possession, there's a demonic oppression. So this came to, this came to really, just came into our life in the last year. We have a friend, Ryan Bethay, that just started working on a, on a, on a podcast series uh, called The Exorcist Files. Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan was supposed to be here today, but he had some things that happened down in San Diego. So what happened is Ryan went to the Vatican and said, who is the world's leading exorcist? Because he wanted to make a Hulu series out of the, about of true exorcisms. Because the demonic is, is, a, is a great way to put on screen because there's the devil and then there's, and then there's God. So um, it's a podcast that um, I'm now starting to work on the second season. I did not do the first season, but I'm working on the second season. Well, he, I, found the, um, he found the exorcist in Detroit, Michigan. The yes. So Father best Carlos, exorcist in the world. Father Carlos is a very unassuming, unassuming man. He's in his 50s, a kind of short little guy. He's and, a Catholic priest who speaks in tongues. Yeah, go figure that out, okay? <laughs> and he's, so he has, he's got like 20 years of stories that Ryan is using to recreate these stories and tell stories of how um, these demonic possessions and encounters have happened. Now, again, there's always a door that someone opens. There was the, one of the first stories early on in the, in the series is a woman who wants to get pregnant, and she'll do anything to get pregnant. So she goes to a seance or a t teller or something like that, and then she tarot thinks, cards. Tarot cards. So she starts to think that, like, she's told, if I start, you know, like, killing insects or I start putting out life, that will bring life into me. So then that graduates into smaller animals. So she starts killing small animals. Now her husband becomes freaked out because this woman is now like, there's something going on. She's speaking in weird voices. All this stuff is going on. And so he finds, somehow he finds through this, his Presbyterian ministry who says, go talk to Father Carlos. Father Carlos comes into the house and um, He's just in his shorts and his shorts and a t-shirt because he was gardening. But as soon as the second he walks into the house, the woman says, "Why did you bring that pig priest into here?" So, so the demon knew things that people didn't know. And there's always a door that is opened. That door is opened again through seance, tarot cards, or through sexual immorality. Yes. That's just a way because that's that's putting that's worshiping an idol of some sort. And that's, you're going you're gonna to open these doors, and then you're going to deal with the consequences. So it's not to scare you. It's just to say life is so free when you follow Jesus. It's so abundant. It is honestly the abundant life. And he's built a world of consequences. We can do this, or we can do that. We can look up to this way, or we can look away. And it's always, always a gift and a blessing to look up 
So this is a podcast that's on Spotify, The Exorcist Files. Another great resource uh, is another series that I'm working, I'm working on right now called Patterns of Supernatural Phenomena. This is on, it's a YouTube series. I've done about 40 of these episodes, Patterns of Supernatural Phenomena. My friend Coleman Luck, who was a showrunner in LA for many, many years, has started this series. And everything in this series about spiritual warfare is covered from UFOs, alien abductions, which are all demonic, near-death experiences, people going to hell, people going to heaven. Coleman talks about people that are perfectly possessed, and numerous of these people were studio executives. <laughs> Literally, they were studio executives. If I said their names, you would know them instantly. And they are perfectly possessed, and they have an ability to just manipulate, uh, bring a, a sexually abused women, other people, all of these things are covered in this series, Patterns of Supernatural Phenomena. And there is a, there's a, there's a gospel message at the end. They're 20 minute, they're about 25 minute episodes. The gospel is presented at the, each, at the end of each episode. So if you've got friends that are like interested in, in you know, alien abductions or things like that or near death experiences, this is the series to go to. It's just a reality to understand how it can get. If you're a Christian, you're following God, you don't have to worry about getting possessed by the devil. But if you know people who are not following God and opening themselves up to things, that's a good person to pour into and to let them know this is not something fun to play with. This is real. We are in a spiritual world much more than a physical world. And we have to remember that. The fifth way the enemy gets us is by walking away from Jesus. You know people. We know people. We have one in our family. And those of you who know Chris, it's not him. And we know that when you see someone who is actively following Jesus, who is working in ministry, who loves him, sharing their faith, and then something happens, sometimes it's church hurt, oftentimes it's church hurt, somebody in your family, you've been abused, something happens, they get off the track, and then they start taking a path to be an atheist, a Marxist. We know every example of that. If you know somebody like that, it's the enemy pulling them away from Jesus. Pour into them. Pray for them. Love them. Listen to them. Don't judge them. Let them know that God's love is much more powerful than what they're walking toward. And if you're somebody in this room and you're really questioning the Lord, it is honest and it's real. Find someone who you can talk to. Someone who loves Jesus. Be open. They won't judge you, right? You guys, you already prayed for everybody in this room, so you're not going to judge anybody. You're going to love people and say, let me hear your journey. Let me walk along with you. Because we've got to fight. The last thing the enemy does finally is to pull you away and get you going in the other direction. We don't want that. Especially, I'm telling you, L.A., is the most influential mission field in the world. And the fact that you're here now, and you're not one that left in the last couple of years, thank you. <laughs> the fact that you're here in this place, you gotta be ready to help those that are struggling. You gotta listen to their story and love them and pray for them. Haggai 2, four, Haggai two verses four and five says, take courage, all you people still left in LA. <laughs> Says the Lord Almighty, take courage and work for I am with you, says the Lord Almighty. My spirit remains among you just as I promised. So do not be afraid. Yes. 
That's what he says, stay here, don't be afraid. This is why we're here. We, are, we're, we have seen an epidemic of just uh, Christian leaders. We've just been with several major Christian leaders in the last week or so, and every one of them had some child that was, has been taken away, stolen away somehow, and I say, okay, we're gonna pray for that, we're gonna pray for that child every day. We also know that there is an amazing story that can encourage you. If you're going through this, if you know somebody going through this, Pastor Jim Simbola from Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York had raised a child in the way they should go, and their daughter turned away so, so terribly that there was an entire year they had no idea where she was. They found out she was on the streets, and they prayed, and they prayed. And they have, the Brooklyn Tabernacle has a weekly prayer time. Uh, Tuesday nights, hundreds of people come to this prayer night. Every week, hundreds of people. And one night, a woman walked up to Pastor Jim and said, you know what, I think tonight we have to pray for your daughter. And he said, no, it's not about me. This is the church, you know. She goes, no, we're doing this. They poured into that girl. They proclaimed truth. They prayed over her. This was after a couple of years of having just lost her. The next day, she showed up in their home. That story is on YouTube. You can look that up. It's amazing. Prayer is so powerful. And we don't ever give up on anybody. Nobody. In fact, the more awful somebody is, the more they need prayer. It's just the truth. So we can't give up on that. So the five ways that the enemy can get us. First, physical attacks. Second, the lies that he puts in our head and our heart. Third, through interpersonal relationships. Fourth, through demonic encounters or possession. And five, through getting someone to completely walk away from Jesus. Be aware of all of those. So how do we fight it? We're going to fight through prayer, praise, and worship. I love this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 7, and 18. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in every situation, for this is God's will concerning your life. It's pretty simple. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks for in every situation. This is God's will. So everything that you don't know or you don't understand, here is the answer. It's, it's, in these, it's in these short verses. The, the biggest question we get from people in the entertainment industry is, I don't know God's will for me. How do I get work? How do I break through? How do I survive? What am I doing? I don't know his will. We're like, you know what? That doesn't make sense, but rejoice always. Pray constantly and give thanks in all things. And he literally will guide us and take care of the rest and show us. Or as St. Augustine said, love God and do as you please. <laughs> love God and do as you please. If you do that, if you love God, you can. You know what? There is, there is no one perfect pattern. There's no one perfect door you need to open. It's love God and then God gave you a brain. Just use it. <laughs> Just use it. The second thing you got to do to fight spiritual battle is to love people ruthlessly, radically, crazy, makes no sense. Do things that are insane to show love to somebody. If you think of something crazy, do it. Love people in any possible way that you can. And it is then so inspiring to say, you know, I had this idea. And I, I went to someone and I brought them chocolate chip cookies for no reason. 
If you tell someone that, they'll go, oh, I could do something like that. And then it starts paying forward and people start thinking of wild things. There was a time up in Bethel, California with, um, in Redding, California, at Bethel. <laughs> Bethel, California. That's how big that church has become. That's right? a big church. Uh, I'll have to tell them that. So the first year students, when they go anywhere in the city to eat, they are told you have to tip 50%. 50%. Unlike some places where like a cafe across the street from the church, they leave no tip and put a track on the table. You know, that bad news, guys. So 50%. Suddenly, a couple years ago, one went to a um, Starbucks, drove up to a Starbucks, and said, you know, I want to pay for the car behind me. So they paid for the car behind them. That person came up and they said, you know, your coffee's been paid for. They said, really? I'm, I'm going to pay for the car behind me. That went on for 12 hours. 12 hours. Every single person was motivated to get the guy behind. So when I go to Starbucks and I say, the car in front of me paid for me. Oh, no. <laughs> and it works sometimes. Didn't I tell you to pray for people? No, 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 no. Okay, scripture memory. Scripture memory is crucial in how to fight and how to fight the enemy. When Jesus is tempted, Jesus goes in the desert, he's tempted. What does Jesus do? He uses scripture. This is how we fight the battle. Scripture memorization. I, I, I know that there was a, a friend of ours, Dallas Willard, who was the head of the philosophy department at, UCL, at USC, said, I won't do any, I won't engage in any a project or material that doesn't involve scripture memory. You hide it in your heart. It just comes out. It will change and transform your life. And the last thing is we not, well, not the last, but we need community. We have to be in community. You referred to it before. This is not a lonesome journey. This is not just you and Jesus because Jesus is everything, but he tells us to go two by two. He tells us we need other people to walk with. We need to know there are people there to pray for us. There are people there to hold us up. Moses had his arms held up. I would love someone every day to just hold my arms up. That would be so wonderful. <laughs> I'm the wind beneath your wings. You're, that's why, oh, That's why you're my trophy. That's why I'm the trophy, that's right. Um, uh, so, okay, community. Okay, community is I think well, I showed this slide last time. Okay, create. so just go to jamescavell.com, go to the community page. There's a podcast here by Tim Keller. Tim Keller, uh, bless his soul. I'm, I'm so excited to meet him in heaven. Um, the Inklings were a group, and this, this podcast is about how they created cultural change, how, how Lewis and Tolkien created cultural change. They through were, community. Through, yeah. through community. They were a group of nerds that got together. They, at Tuesdays, they would drink and smoke at the Eagle and Child. Then on Thursdays, they would get tonight, they would get together at Maudlin College and they would read each other's manuscripts. Now, had it not been for community, when they first started that group, C.S. Lewis was an agnostic. He didn't even believe in God, really. And J.R. Tolkien is the one that leads him to Jesus. Had it not been for Lewis, Lewis is the one that encouraged Tolkien to finish Lord of the Rings. He thought it was just a bad hobby. And, and people in the group, in the, in, the, in the inkling said, oh, not more elves, please no more elves. 
And Lewis is like, no, I want to hear about the elves. Tell us about it. Finish those elves. So their community changed the world. That's why we have to do it in creative community. You cannot do it by yourself and Jesus. And no matter how powerful Jesus is, if you're not doing it with other people, it's just not going to work. So a friend of ours, Dean Batali, has a, team, a friend of our Dean Batali has just written a play about Lewis and Tolkien. It's at the Actors Co-op. There's flyers here in the back as you go out. Lewis and Tolkien. It's it starts next week, I think. Okay, yeah, October 27th. Just yeah. about their relationship. You've got to do it through community, community, community. There is a woman that we know who moved out here from New York, and she got so startled and lonely when she got here because in New York, you're around people all the time. You get sick of people, you can't get rid of people. And she came here and she had an apartment, she lived alone, she got in her car, she drove where she needed to go and she had to commit to go out four nights a week. She says, I'm gonna go out and find somebody four nights a week. She started building a community and she said she physically felt like she was coming to life. Because when you're alone, you start thinking a little differently, you start getting really inward, and you start thinking that things are happening that really aren't. I'm telling you, none of us are strong enough to live alone. You've got to find a friend. Find a friend. Phone a friend, Karen. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Uh, the three things that, we, that, we, that we've... Now, we've talked about this for many years, about the three tools that, that the devil used primarily here in, in town is isolation... Discouragement, discouragement and fear. Isolation, discouragement, and fear. That's how the devil works here in this town. And community cuts through all of those. So do it, guys. Then you have to work on your own emotional and spiritual growth. Get ye to a therapist. <laughs> you just have to. We're body, mind, and soul. It's just an, an essential for so many for so many creatives. Yeah, and don't be ashamed of it. I feel bad. My parents were struggling through a marriage that they ended up completely falling in love again because my mom became a Christian. But they they were embarrassed to say maybe we should go to therapy. We're free today to do that. We don't have to worry about that. We can say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna deal with these wounds. I'm not gonna hold myself back by not growing and breaking through. So do that boldly. And you know what? If you have a friend who's close and they haven't thought of it, lovingly, prayerfully, encourage them to get help. It's okay. Sometimes we need that jarring help to know that, oh, maybe it's time to grow. Pay for the first session. That's it. We have told our boys they are not getting an inheritance, but we do have a little therapy fund. Good. Uh, finally, in the tools you can use, we need to put on the full armor of God. Ephesians, Karen's going to read here from Ephesians. We got to put on the full armor of God. And a lot of us are just walking out there with a loincloth. That's all we got. <laughs> well, I memorized John 3, 16 and Vacation Bible School. I went to church twice this year. And so when you've only got a loincloth, no wonder you get blasted. No wonder you get hit by, fiery, by the fiery darts of the enemy because you're just not protected. You're not, you're not carrying the sword, the, he, the helmet of righteousness. We have got to put on the full armor of God. And the crazy thing is when God tells us to do all this, then he says, he'll fight the battle for us. So we just have to be ready. We don't actually have to do anything. The, the, the whole battle that happened when they were just making noise with jars of clay, that's all they had to do is take the jars. They didn't have to fight the battle. 
So I want you to just close your eyes and listen to this. You know this verse, but ask the Lord to show it to you in a new way. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. Okay, now, this says to stand and to stand firm. But before we stand, I, I want to put up the QR code here. Okay, I want you to click, I want you to click onto this QR code because we're now going to read, uh, we're going to read and confess uh, a, uh, a way of breaking these generational curses. And then we're going to read the Lion Chasers Manifesto here at the end. So you can read it on the screen, or if you want to grab it on your phone, then you can have it. We heard this from Pastor. We were a part of this with Pastor Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church. And it was powerful to just stand and say, you know what? I don't know if I have generational curses, but I am going to turn to the Lord and break anything that can be stopping me from moving forward in my faith, from being eternally significant. So if you want to all stand right now, we're going to read this together. You can read it on your phone. Or you can read it up here on the screen. Whatever Either way. you want to do, we're going to read this out loud. Whether you think you need it or not, let's turn to the Lord and ask him to prepare us to be all that we can be to make a difference Read in it for world. your neighbor if they can't read, okay? Read it for your neighbor. All right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you sincerely with a desire to be free from all the curses and the results. Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me and cleansing my sin at the cross. I confess with my mouth that I belong to you. The devil has no power over me because I am cleansed and covered by your precious blood. I now confess all of my sins known and unknown. I repent of them now in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I now confess the sins of all my forefathers. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I break and renounce the power of every demonic curse that was passed down to me through the sins and actions of others. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break the power and the hold of every generational curse that came to me through sin, my sins, and the sins of my forefathers. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, I break the power and hold of every curse that came to me through words spoken and through disobedience, mine or my forefathers. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare every legal hold and every legal ground of the enemy broken and destroyed. Through the curses, Satan no longer has a legal right to harass my family line. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am free. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command all demonic spirits that are harassing me through curses to leave me now. I confess that my body, soul, and spirit are the dwelling places of the Spirit of God. I am redeemed, cleansed, sanctified, and justified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, neither Satan nor his demons have any place in me nor any power over me because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. Amen and amen. Oh! Oh, you are free. We're going to stay standing because we are ending this with all of us proclaiming the Lion Chasers Manifesto. And, and then we will pray for you. But no, you are free. You are free. All right, so get your QR code or in front of you on the screen. Here we go. We are going to say out loud the Lion Chasers Manifesto. Are you ready? All right. Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating the future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the main and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and the last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Okay. Woo! Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are among us. Lord, that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, Lord. We have proclaimed the word of God this morning. Lord, we are free from the demonic influences, from the things that have been passed down to us, Lord. We have confessed that. Lord, you are doing a new work in us. Every day, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. Lord, you are doing a new work in each person here today, this morning, as they walk out this door. 
And Lord, I thank you that you have your blessing over every person in this room. You love each one so desperately. You want this room to change the world. And I thank you that this is a room full of lion chasers, that they will not be afraid. They will not hold back. They will not quit. They will never give up, never surrender in serving you and serving others, in loving you, in loving others, in being open to what your plan is and to pouring into other people. Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you that you have plans to prosper every person in this room, not to harm them, but to give them a hope and a future. And I ask that we each walk out this door today with a new perspective that will not go away. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.